0: Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar, and this is going to be episode 80 of the Informed Catholic. And today we're going to do uh, Thursday, the Thursday of the third week of Lent, Thursday of the third week of Lent. So if you like what I do and you think I'm doing a good job, please subscribe and share. It would be a great help, and I really would appreciate it. So let's begin with the prayer of the act of contrition. Please join me in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, blessed Mary, ever virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to please Pray with me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kiri Elysion. Kiri Elysion. Kiri Elysion. Christe Elysion. Christe Elysion. Christe Elysion. Kiri Elysion. Kiri elision, Kiri elision, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord God heavenly Father through your Son, Jesus Christ, and by the intercession of the Immaculate Virgin Mary and St. Joseph. Hear and receive our prayers and grant us your mercy and love. Queen of the Rosary, pray for us. St. Joseph, guardian of the Holy Church, guardian of families, terror of demons, pray for us. St. Peter, the apostle pray for us. St. Paul, the apostle pray for us. St. John, the apostle pray for us. St. John the Baptist pray for us. St. Mary Magdalene pray for us. St. Athanasius pray for us. St. Ambrose pray for us. St. Augustine pray for us. St. Jerome pray for us. St. Francis of Assisi, pray for us. St. Thomas More, pray for us. And St. John Fisher, pray for us. St. Michael the, Arch- the Archangel, pray for us and defend us from evil. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. For Lent, i am also been reading uh, the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And there's a lot of beautiful things in the catechism of the catholic church this part here is from uh, part one of the profession of faith chapter one man's capacity for god it's uh, article number 27 the desire for god is written in the human heart because man is created by god and for god and god never ceases to draw man to himself only in God will he find the truth and happiness he never stops searching for. The dignity of man rests above all on the fact that he is called to communion with God. This invitation invitation to converse with God is addressed to man as soon as he comes into being. For if man exists, it is because God has created him. God has created him through love and through love continues to hold him in existence. He cannot live fully according to truth, unless he freely acknowledges that love and entrusts himself to his creator. We really need to, um, really think about it. I mean, honestly, how we exist, why do we exist? How do we exist? How is it we know things? How is it we desire things? How is it we long for things? How is it that we can, we have all these emotions, this desire for love, this desire to be happy? How in a world that we we have these feelings and emotions, how we're terrified and horrified by uncertainty. And how in a sense we're affected by good things. Good, good things and bad things. The, the desire for love and, and then this, when things affect us badly, maybe we're affected with the desire to hate, how we have our hearts broken, how, you know, we're saddened when we lose someone we love, when tragedy hits us. And, you know, we can have this, unbelievable capacity to, to love. And we have this frightening capacity to cause pain and to hurt. We were created in the image and likeness of God. We can create things. We can make beautiful things and we can do horrible things. And when we do horrible things, when we have guilt How do you explain guilt? How do you explain remorse? How do you explain regret? How do you explain this desire to want to make things right, to make, to, to redeem, to want to redeem ourselves, to want to make ourselves whole again, to want to heal, not not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually. That's those are things that are very important. Science can't explain these things. And I'm sorry to say this, but modern psychology, modern, modern therapy cannot explain these things either. Because we have a desire in our heart for good. We have a desire in our heart for justice. We have a desire for, for, in our heart for redemption. No animal, a gorilla doesn't seek this. An orangutan doesn't seek this. A chimpanzee doesn't seek this. Nor a little tiny spider monkey seeks this kind of thing. Dogs don't seek this. We, we have this desire. This desire is in us. And it's because we're made in the image and likeness of God. Okay. And love cannot be explained by science. It cannot be explained by chemistry. It cannot be explained by physics. This comes only from God and by God, because human beings, men and women are created in the image and likeness of God and God breathed into us his spirit and human and man became a living being. No other, no one, no other creature has this. Alright, so let's go into our readings. The entrance antiphon is this one doesn't have a scriptural quote, but it but definitely comes from Scripture. I am the salvation of the people, says the Lord. Should they cry to me in any distress, I will hear them, and I will be their Lord forever. I am the salvation of the people, says the Lord. Should they cry to me in any distress, I will hear them and I will be their Lord forever. Okay, let's go on to the scripture reading. All right. First reading is from the book of the prophet Jeremiah chapter seven, verse 23 to 28. This is the nation that will not listen to the voice of the Lord God of the Lord God, a reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. Thus says the Lord, this is what I commanded my people. Listen to my voice then I will be your God, and you shall be my people. Walk in all the ways that I command you, so that you may p- prosper. But they obeyed not, nor did they pay heed. They walked in the hardness of their hearts, and turned their backs, not their, vo- their faces, to me. From the day that your fathers left the land of Egypt, even to this day, I have sent you untiringly all my servants, the prophets, yet they have not obeyed me nor paid heed. They have stiffened their necks and done worse than their fathers. When you speak all these words to them, they will not listen to you. They will not listen to you either. When you call to them, they will not answer you. Say to them, this is the nation that does not listen to the voice of the Lord. It's God or take correction. Faithfulness has disappeared. The word itself is banished from their speech. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay. One more time. Thus says the Lord. This is what I command. I I commanded my people. Listen to my voice. Then I will be your God and you shall be my people. Walk in all the ways that I command you so that you may prosper. But they obeyed not, nor did they pay heed. They walked in the hardness of their evil hearts and turned their backs, not their faces, to me. From the day that your father left the land of Egypt, even to this day, I have sent you untiringly all my servants, the prophets. Yet they have not obeyed me nor paid heed. They have stiffened their necks and done worse than their father's. When you speak all these words to them, they will not listen to you either. When you call to them, they will not answer you. Say to them, this is the nation that does not listen to the voice of the Lord, it's God. Or take correction, faithfulness has disappeared and the word itself is banished from their speech. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. So, the prophet Jeremiah God is speaking through the prophet Jeremiah and Israel. Like I said, Jeremiah is like the last, let's say of that, of those prophets in a sense, like in the nation about warning them. He's a, he's a catastrophe prophet. He's the prophet that basically that's it. The final straw him. And I would say, Isaiah, the final straw. The prophet that finally tells them, this is it. This is it. This is the end. You've had your chances. You've had your opportunities. You've had it. You've had every single chance to change everything around. And you're not doing it. You keep pushing and pushing and pushing to go over that edge. You keep pushing to the limit. It's kind of like what's happening today. It's kind of like what's happening. It's not just happening in America, it's happening in the church. You know, there are people who seem to think that they can push it, that they can go, they can they can experiment. They think they think the they think the morality is an experiment. They think faith is an experiment. In the church, we have a bunch of people that believe that they can experiment, that they can try something different. This this experiment has been done. It's been done in Protestantism. It's been done in Protestantism over and over again, constantly over and over again, basically pushing, pushing, pushing to, to come up with new ways to explore God, like God is a, is a project, an experiment. Morality, justice is an experiment. Sex is an experiment. Why can't we have the freedom to to do this? Why do we have to keep doing the same thing over and over again? Why do we have to stick to the same old moral code? The same, you know, and that's, and that's the problem because when something becomes an experiment, it doesn't become real. It becomes simply a project, an experiment. And then you treat it to basically, well, this is just, sorry, there was a car outside. And unfortunately, that's what's happening. Now we have a pope that seems to think the same thing. And I think that what happened was that that's exactly what happened. A bunch of people decided that Catholicism is simply an idea and an experiment, not a divine revelation, an experiment. You know, morality is an experiment. Faith is an experiment, not something that's real. Not some kind of a substance that it's a gift that comes from God. And unfortunately it leads to terrible, terrible places, immoral places. Um, and I think the problem is it's that it's this whole thing with Marxism it's this whole thing with the Enlightenment the Enlightenment I'm sure some wonderful ideas came along but everybody seems to have gone out of their freaking mind over sex I'm sorry to use that word but it's true that's the Brooklyn in me. It. everybody seems to have gone to the point where they can't get their heads out of their genitals, they can't get their head out the same way, no different than they get their heads out of a pornographic magazine or pull their eyes away from a pornographic video. And it seems like everybody is obsessed. The other day I was listening to someone on a Video, uh, YouTube video, Prager University, Prager U, where this guy literally said that biology and sex are two different things. They're not the same thing. Listen to what he's saying: biology. I'm sorry. Uh, sexual biology and gender. Sexual biology and gender. That's the that's what he said. Sexual biology and gender are not the same thing. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, well, isn't gender sex? Isn't that what it is? I mean that's that's that that's what I know. That's what I've been taught, and they're gonna they're gonna tell me now that I've been taught wrong. They wanna go to the point where you can choose, like literally Joe Biden saying you should define what gender you are the prison the prison system literally he's saying that the, if you get arrested and you go to the prison system the prison system cannot define just what you are where did where how did we come to this how did we come to this to this conclusion and then there is this trans person who thinks that you can you can You can actually take kids without permission of their parents to (laughs) and change their sex, change their gender, have their breasts removed, shoot them up with some kind of hormone or some kind of suppression. And you don't need, and even if they're below the legal age, you don't need the parents' consent to do that literally literally uh, pulling the cat the child away from their parents and mutilating the child they're giving power to the state that this is this is again child sacrifice child I mean, this is this is what the Roman emperors used to do like Nero and Caligula Nero and Caligula could take a young man that they find very effeminate and soft and beautiful and then they could order him to him to be turned into a woman have 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 their the, the person individual castrated right there and then unbelievable Unbelievable! This is this is this is this is the kind of stuff of evil that Jeremiah is talking about to his nation. They got they fell into human uh, child sacrifice, immolation. I think it's called. If I'm pronouncing it wrong, I'm sorry. Where they would take the child, a, a baby, obviously your newborn baby, go to a a a ritual sacrifice to Baal, a bull god with horns, basically Satan. And throw the child, the, the living child, literally like you have post-birth uh, abor- uh post-birth where the child is, a, is is alive out of the womb and throw the child into in an oven. There's a place outside of Jerusalem called the Valley of Kehenna, the Valley of Hell. It's condemned. It's condemned by the Jews. To this very day, it's still called Gehenna. It means hell. And this is exactly what happened. Not Sheol. Sheol is the place of the dead. This is the place that's cursed, because the Israelites fell into it, and this is why they had to be destroyed. This is why the nation of Israel, that Jerusalem became a harlot, a whore. That's how. That's why God. That's why God called it that. And they fell into it. But they did not repent. And because they didn't repent, they had to be destroyed. And that's it. And that's, you know, they had to go for 70 years exile into Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar came with his army. Uh, The king of Israel uh, agreed to submit to him. But then he secretly made a deal with the, with the pharaoh of Egypt. But Nebuchadnezzar found out about it. And so Nebuchadnezzar didn't take it lightly. He caught the king as he tried. After, he sieged Jerusalem, destroyed the temple. He let Jeremiah go free. He caught the king and his two sons. The king saw his two sons murdered in front of him, the king of Israel, the king of Judah. And then he had his eyes taken out. Yeah, this, the idea that this would happen to him because he could not see, he could not see his sins, so therefore he will now know his sins in his blindness, in his physical blindness. All right, let's, huh, not, yeah, not a very pretty, not a very pretty thing. I mean, this is this is the, what I'm saying is it happens when a nation reaches the peak of immorality, the peak of, of, of perversity. The peak of it, it will be destroyed. What The blessings and curses that went to ancient Israel has been passed to the church. And basically what's happening now in the Catholic church is the same immorality. You have now priests talking about sexual transgenderism and sexual immorality. You have scandals and scandals and scandals of... Of priests practicing immorality. I mean, last year we had a, uh, no, what was it? Uh, a priest who actually performed a, a, a horrible pornographic ritual on the altar. Remember that? Down, uh, in the South. I don't know if it was Mississippi or something. He, he was filming it. He got these two prostitutes or, um, women who agreed to it and they were performing a sexual act on the altar and he was filming it it was like a cult thing they were like dominatrix or something he hired them and it was a parishioner who saw them through the, who saw him through the window this is the, the this is this is the kind of stuff and it, it's it's happened more than once more than a few priests had have, have, have are, are so um, corrupt it, it it's it's it shocks everybody. But it keeps happening because these men are not morally right. They're not they're not healthy moral men, they're not spiritually good because we we have stopped teaching the faith. And how many times are we gonna keep you know, it's like they say the sign of madness is keep repeating the same thing over and over again because you wanna believe that you're gonna get a different outcome that it will eventually work out. Well, here in New York City we've had a priest who had a gay, a gay lover upstate New York and <clears throat> Dolan has been blocking them from, from, from suing. And the guy it turns out the priest was robbing several parishes and had a, had, a, he took money and had a home in New Jersey. He bought his, his gay lover was us, was a porn star. And we've had, uh, cases, uh, like remember the McCarrick scandal? And then there was cases in, uh, in, in Chicago. There's just several cases that keep happening because of immorality. Read the book of Revelations. Jesus kept telling all the churches of Asia Minor about their guilt, their unfaithfulness, their their uh, idol, their adultery and their, uh, their, their relationship with Jezebel. This is, this is something that we have to take seriously. And God tells Jeremiah, they will not repent. Well, this is just because he spoke to ancient Israel doesn't mean he's not speaking to us. The words that God spoke to Jeremiah thousands of years ago is also to us today. We got to take this seriously. We are a stiff necked, immoral, wicked people. And like it says in the end faithfulness has disappeared and the word itself banished from their speech. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Psalm 95. Psalm 95. Come, come, let us sing joyfully to the Lord. Let us acclaim the, rock of our, uh, acclaim the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us joyfully sing psalms to him. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord who made us. For he is our God and we are, his, we are the people he shepherds, the, the flock he guides. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Oh, that today you would hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as at Mirba, as in the days of Massa, in the desert where your fathers tempted me; they tested me, though they had seen my wor- my works. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Okay, one more time. If you if today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Come, let us sing joyfully to the Lord. Let us acclaim the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us joyfully sing psalms to him. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord who made us. For he is our God and we are His. We are the people he shepherds, the flock he guides. Oh, that today you would hear his voice. Harden not your hearts as at Meribah, as in the days of Massa in the desert where you're it, it, mass in the desert where your fathers tempted me. They tested me though. They have seen my works. This you see here, it's this, this is, this is again, the Psalm. This is used by in the liturgy, of the hours by the, uh, the, uh, religious priests, mm-hmm. nuns, and even people, lay people can, can, um, can pray this. If you look, remember here in Jeremiah, when he says to um, Jeremiah, says this, from the day that your fathers left the land in Egypt, even to this day, I have sent you untiringly, all my servant the prophets. You see, because it always goes back to that event in Egypt, it always goes back because that was the greatest historical global event. Of, of liberating people from bondage of sin, a bondage into slavery, not just physical slavery, but slavery into paganism, slavery to sin. It always goes back to that. People who are in sin, God sees sin as slavery. Sin is slavery. Slavery of the Spirit is, as well is equally as evil and wicked as slavery of the body. Forcing a person, putting that person into bondage, forcing you to be in bondage, forcing you to be into sin, forcing you to be into work because it leads into corruption and immorality. The Romans practiced slavery. And they were very, very immoral people. They were very, they were horribly immoral people. The Romans, you could get raped. Man or woman or child. And there was no justice for you. You couldn't do a single thing because your life wasn't your own. You were property. You were cattle. You were no different than a dog a dog I mean you you were theirs that's that's how they saw it it was no different in the ancient world I'm sure in Egypt it was just as the same you had no power you had no right you have no voice and if you rebelled against your masters that was just you know that was a death sentence and of course here in the United States of America we had we had slaves and yes we have photographs and shows how they were treated, and they were immoral people back then. People, people who, when you have power over another person's life, and you have the power of life and death, and you have the power to abuse them, it does not make you into a morally good person. And what happens is because you have power over another person, and especially since we have we have we have the truth of the gospel. We have the truth of the Word of God. It doesn't make you more holy. It actually, the fact that you hear the Word of God, you hear Scripture. It actually, what it does, it it convicts you. You are convicted. You are you have been judged. You know the Word of God judges you. It judges you because you have you abuse another person. And what ha- what's happening now in our culture is that sin is becoming more and more prevalent, and therefore. You are, uh, uh, it's it's causing violation. People have become so immoral, especially with this, with the sin of transgenderism, with the sin of homosexuality, with the sin of the obsession with sexuality. It's, Our Lady of Fatima said to Sister Lucia, more people will go to hell because of the sin of sexual immorality than any other sin. Because it blinds people, it blinds people. The other day I mentioned I had uh, an uncle, an uncle who, (laughs) he was a family member, he was an uncle, he, um, Muslim, and he somehow, someone hacked into his account and posted something, he sent me something on Instagram, a private message. I did not know what I was linking into. And there he was right there. on a, some Arab French porn site, <laughs> doing what he should not be doing. And I should, and I was looking at something that I should not be looking at. Later on, his, uh, some of his, uh, children were all over the place saying he doesn't have an Instagram account. He doesn't have an Instagram account. Well, lo and behold, someone decided he would have an Instagram account. <laughs> <laughs> and I got, and I got, I got a, I got something that I should not be looking at. I, I was totally shocked, and I was saddened, and I was disgusted. Um, uh, when I was a little boy, um, me and my brother used to spend. After my parents divorced, there was a. Uh, apartment my father shared with his his brother. And it wasn't hard for me and my brother to we were little boys when we were left alone. It wasn't hard for us to find porn magazines. Yeah. The boys are going to find it whether you like it or not. No matter how, we have a pretty good imagination where you hide things. And We were kids. This is before I ever became Catholic. Um, Like I said, these are the things that kids, these are the things you learn about your family. You grow up, you learn these things about them. Sin, sexual immorality is a disease. is a disease that affects the imagination. It affects the thinking. It affects the way you behave. It affects the way you look at people. And it affects the way you look at yourself. And when you're a kid, you're exposed to it. It's not good. It's ugly. And I know, I know, because when I was in college, I had a friend who um, took me to a uh, a strip joint in New York, first one I ever went to, and and there I, there was these guys hypnotized, completely captivated by what they saw in front of them. Completely captivated what they saw in front of them. And they were like zombies. Nothing in the world existed around them. Just what they were looking at and what the woman was doing in front of them on stage. And all of them were like drinking, and and every dollar came out of their pocket to the to, to, to the young woman. There was a room in the back where they can dance with the ladies and you see them uh like they were just just completely enamored but by, by, by what was happening in front of them. Nothing around them existed. And of course the young women were doing everything they can to make sure that they can get every dollar out of you. That was the first time I went to one, and it was it was very it was it was quite quite a thing. I mean, I'm not saying I never went back to it. I'll tell you that I never went back to it, but I I never forgot it either. But it 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 was frightening. It was frightening to see what these guys how these guys were, and and of course the more and these other guys were money. And this is what they could this is this is all they can go with. They they couldn't get a decent woman. But it goes to show you how even with a man with money, lots of money, and I've seen guys in that in, in, in that one night I saw a guy come in and he threw in a couple of a thousand dollars and had a couple of women go to the back room where he can have them for a party. And champagne was brought back there. Food was brought back there. This guy had had it had it all back that you could I could see right through the so called little curtain there. And this is this is what sin does. It does is does this to people. It 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 really imprisons you. The guy had all the money, and this is what he had to come to. I was speaking to my friend. I said, "Are, are you kidding me?" He goes, "No." He has the money. Why not? But I was thinking, yeah, but he has the money. But why does he need to do this? Why couldn't he just get a decent girl? Then lo and behold, I'm standing there and a guy came in with a girl and went to another room and he had other women come with him back there. The guy had a girlfriend. This is another, this is a different person. I couldn't believe it. And he said to me, well, there's there, there you go. There's your answer with a guy with a girl. And he had women. With You know, he rented all these women. He stripped these strippers with his girlfriend. There you go. That shows you the power that sex or sexual immorality can do to a person. Even with money and a woman. He... He had, you know, he 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 still had to come to a strip joint, and she, the girl, was excited about it as well, his girlfriend. Sin, you are a prisoner of the flesh. And now we live in the age of internet, phone, and people actually take videos of themselves, like my relative does. And this is what they do to you. This is what it does to you. This is how much it, it keeps you captivated. It's dangerous. We we need Christ to liberate us. The Psalm ninety five is a warning. If today you would hear His voice, harden not your hearts. Do not harden your hearts to sin. What you in the words from the movie Gladiator. What we do in life echoes with us throughout all all of eternity. It's true as in heroic war, but sin and fighting sin and fighting temptation is war, war to liberate your soul and liberate your hearts and liberate them to God away from sin. Think about it. Do you really want this to hold you captive? Do you want to be one of those filthy, dirty guys in the apartment staring at magazines? Do you want to be a filthy person? Do you want to be that kind of person who like hides, hides these things about himself and has no friends and you want to look at porn? I mean, what I saw was a dirty man, a filthy, dirty man. Who took a picture of himself. Why would he do it? Because he was captive to sin. Captive to sexual perversity. And that's that's what it does. That's what the devil does with you. He's laughing and he's holding you to this. Do not let this destroy you. Look to Jesus Christ. Look to him for, for liberty, liberation, freedom. Look to To him for freedom. You need to be free from this. God did not create you for this. Please don't do this. God did not create you for this kind of thing. Be free. Look to Christ. Look to the gospel. Christ is your liberator. Christ is freedom. All right, let's move on to the gospel. All right so let's read it here this is the gospel we're going to start with the verse before the gospel it's from joel chapter 2 verse 12 13 even now says the lord return to me with your whole heart for i am gracious and merciful even now says the lord return to me with your whole heart for i am gracious and merciful even now says the lord return to me with your whole heart for i am gracious and merciful a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Saint Luke, chapter eleven, verse fourteen to twenty-three: "Whoever is not with me is against me." Jesus was driving out a demon that was mute, and when the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke, and the crowds were amazed. Some of them said, "By the power of Belzebub, the prince of demons, he drives out demons." Others, to test him, asked him for a sign from heaven. But he knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself will be laid waste and house will fall against house. And if Satan is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say that it is by Belzebub that I drive out demons if I then drive out demons by Belswell, by whom do you do your own people drive them out? Therefore they will be your judge but, but if it is by the finger of God that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man fully arms, guards his palace, his, his possessions are safe. But when one, stronger than he attacks and overcomes him he takes away the armor on which he relied and distributes the spoil whoever is not with me is against me and whoever does not gather with me scatters the gospel of the lord praise to you lord jesus christ amen one more time a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Saint Luke chapter eleven verse fourteen to twenty three. Jesus was driving out a demon that was mute, and when the demon had gone out the mute man spoke and the crowds were amazed. Some of them said by the power of Bilzebel, the prince of demons, he drives out demons. Others to test him asked him if asked him for a sign from heaven. But he knew their thoughts and said to them, every kingdom divided against itself will be laid waste and house will fall against house. And if Satan is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say that it is by Bilzebo that I drive out demons. If I then drive out demons by Bilzebo, by whom do your own people drive them out? Therefore they will be your judges But if it is by the finger of God that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his palace, his possessions are safe. But when one stronger than he attacks and overcomes him, he takes away the armor on which he relied and distributes the spoils. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay. So, Jesus is performing an exorcism. He's driving out a mute, uh, a demon that causes someone to be mute. And when the demon has gone out, the mute man spoke and the crowds were amazed. Some of them, by the power, were saying that by the power of Beelzebul, that's uh demon, I believe it's the Lord of the Flies uh, or the Demon of Flies, confusion, um, chaos. Um, The, um, I think uh, we say it in Arabic, Dibana, like, I believe it's flies, like a fly. And they call him the Prince of Demons. He drives out, by the Prince of Demons, he drives out demons. So they believe that he... He's mastering demons, that he's um, controlling them to his advantage. So they don't really believe that he's doing this by the power of God, but by a demon, which is kind of crazy because he just released a man. He doesn't make, you know, in other words, he's like a sorcerer. They're claiming to be like, like he's a sorcerer or he's just in league with them. And he... Others started asking him for signs to, uh, to prove, to give them signs from heaven. He refused to give them that credit, uh, entertaining that thought for them. He's not going to do that. And then he, um, he, he basically decided to, um, he knew their thoughts. And then he said, every kingdom divided against itself will be laid waste and house will fall against house. And if Satan is divided against himself, How will his kingdom stand? For you say it is by Bilzebel that I drive out demons. If I then drive out demons by Bilzebel, by whom do you do your own people drive out, drive them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if it is by the finger of God that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. And then he goes, When a strong man fully armed guards his, pal- his palace, his possessions are safe. But when one stronger than he attacks and overcomes him, he takes away the armor on which he relied on and distributes the spoils. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. So here's something we have to understand. I, I honestly think there's a lot here we can we can really interpret because all right every spiritual home, every home has to be well organized obviously and even you you in yourself in your own in yourself, I believe like we were just talking about people who are into temptation. There are some people who are very, very much into religion. I know people who were were very much into religion. But they had also another side of them, their weakness, their their temptations. Religion, they're like divided. It's almost like Herod Antipas. When Herod Antipas had, had John the Baptist imprisoned, Herod would love to talk about religion with him. Would love to talk about religion. But guess what? He also had his sins. He also he had his addictions. He had his dirty secrets. I know a lot of people who love to talk about faith, but quickly are also would turn and run back to their pornography, or run run back to their sins. There are people who love, okay, you know, love you know love their sports. And maybe, you know, they may be good at remembering a few Bible verses or a few Catholic, you know, a few. They may like to listen to the Bible every now and then, but they, you know, they, they can run. They like, you know, they can entertain their, their, um, their, their, their spiritual thing, but then quickly they can dump it right away for a football game or dump it to watch a movie. You know, people like that. People have, have, you know, have certain addictions. I love comics. I love reading comic books, but I've noticed in the last couple of years I've been very wearisome, and I think I'm very happy that sort of like it's 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 easy for me now to walk away from it because as a kid I loved comics, and that's because I have nostalgia from it. Because as a kid, I loved all the superhero stuff, but I've also began to realize I'm getting older, and I'm getting as I get older, I'm beginning to wonder. Like, do I really need this? I used to think I could become a comic book artist. Now I'm beginning to accept the fact that, you know what, stop entertaining that stupid fantasy. Get away from it. It's not going to happen. All those things that I, I had and addictions of as a kid, as a young man, you know, slowly I'm beginning to realize God is sort of is opening my eyes to it. It's making me realize, you know, stop it. I begin to also realize that, I love these things like a pagan idol. A person can be very much divided about these things. You could be obsessed with a lot of things. You could hold on to a lot of things because you don't want to let go of them. If you don't get your act together, you're going to be constantly, you're never going to progress in the spiritual life. You know, we all have this obsession. You can't, you know, you, you gotta let go of it, and you gotta you've gotta be free. And Jesus is telling us that that our own house can be our own spiritual makeup, our own spiritual um, uh, conflicts that we have within ourselves, our own sins that we're attached to. You gotta let go of it. You gotta grow up, and you gotta let go of it. You gotta fight it, and you gotta you gotta like develop a a better prayer life. And 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 the more you develop a better prayer life, the more you can become more mature person, you know, and that's, and that's what I think it is. And I think what he's saying here, you know, your sins, you know, if you're divided, you're going to fall. If you're divided within yourself, you're, you know, it's going to show, it's going to show in your life. And if your home is divided, if your spiritual home, if your home, if you're the head of a household, you got to get your act together. You got to make sure your kids don't develop these, these addictions, these attachments to earthly things that could really, in a sense, hurt them. It's like a, it's like a pagan idol. It is. Anyway. uh, Um you know like i said there's a lot we can walk away from there's a lot we can take from this and it's not you know it's not cut and dry we have to we have to look to jesus and we have to we have to look towards towards getting closer with him and making sure that we are not divided that we are not in conflict within ourselves we have to get rid of every single idol within us moral sexual material pornographic you name it get rid of these pagan idols that are in you and it takes years it takes it take me it may take years but you will overcome it trust me the more you know and what happens is the more you get to know christ the more you realize how trivial these things are and how they, and how they're holding you back from becoming the kind of person that God wants you to be in your life. All right, I'm going to end it here. Let's say a prayer and I'll get back to you for Friday's readings. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Saint Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wild, wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. All right, folks, God bless, and um, I'll be back with you soon. So remember, please, please don't let yourself be attached to sins that hold you back, that hold you back from becoming a true, a true follower of Jesus Christ, a true, a true Christian. There's, it doesn't take, it, it takes a lot. It does. It's not overnight. There will always be setbacks. But the more you get familiar with the scriptures, the more you also attend and receive the sacraments, the more you go to confession, the more you pray the rosary, the more you get familiar with your faith, the more you grow with your faith, you will begin to realize, you'll begin to slowly to be set free, set free from these sinful attachments, from these pagan idols. All right, God bless, and we'll be back soon. Amen.